fellow travelers. Welcome to the ClusterCast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Scott Lyons. And I'm Anna Lyons. And we have been at this family travel thing for nine years now. Can you believe it? Yeah, that went by fast. Well, the travel part did. The everyday, not so much. (laughs) In the nine years of family travel, though, there has been one thing that has made it all possible. The short-term vacation rental. You probably know them by the more popular terms like VRBO and Airbnb. Yep. And we have rented 30 homes or apartments, condos, you know, that kind of thing with various brokers and in locations all over the world. And it has made all the difference when it came to traveling with kids. I really don't think we would have done as much travel as a family if we didn't have this option available to us. Yeah, we did the hotel thing a few times and it was not for us. Not in the least. I know some people loathe the idea of the short term vacation rental and they prefer a hotel. Right. But to each their own. We decided pretty early on that we preferred to not be hiding under the sheets watching Netflix (laughs) on our phone while the kids are sleeping two feet away. It's cute, right? (laughs) It's so cute. And eating out all the time, drinking crappy hotel coffee housekeeping rattling out the door at 6 a.m. We would rather instead let everyone have their own room. Right. And have a kitchen and a yard, a washing machine, a place to spread out. Need I go on? Everyone has their own rooms with the door. Did I say that already? I I think you, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you said that already. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Everyone needs their own space after a long day of quote-unquote togetherness. And these short-term vacation rentals came to the rescue for us. We valued a washing machine and separate bedrooms to daily housekeeping. Mm -hmm. Different strokes for different folks, if this isn't your jam, to use someone else's towel. Mm -hmm. So do these short-term vacation rental haters know that hotels don't give you a brand spanking new towel? Judging by the way they hate on it, I'm guessing they think the sheets and towels are... Fresh out of the factory plastic every time they check in. Right. And aren't there undercover camera shows about how gross hotels can be? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, there are. So why are they acting like short-term vacation rental is somehow, quote unquote, dirtier than a hotel? Because I'm 99% sure they think that they're getting fresh merch from Bed Bath & Beyond, apparently. But, you know, shh, don't tell them. That's not that way. <laughs> what would they do without feeling smug and superior on the Internet? Yeah, we don't want to find out. So just let them live in their little world that, yeah, <laughs> guys, totally. Every hotel goes to Bed Bath & Beyond and they get you fresh king sheets right mm-hmm. out of the plastic. No one else has ever touched them. There's a special place in the back. Definitely not your towel. <laughs> the towels are new as well. Exactly. So as much as we are short-term vacation rental Advocates. Advocates, I guess you could say. We would put our faith in the washing machine as much as the next hotel guest. It hasn't all been welcome (laughs) wine and free Wi-Fi. There have been some yucky experiences in our main mode of lodging. Sorry, I can't get over that we put our faith in the washing machine as much (laughs) as they do. (laughs) Yeah. So mostly one yucky experience and two that were kind of meh. Yeah, that's true. There was really just one bad horror story and the other two were kind of on just the like not awesome side, but they ended up fine. Yep. So out of 30 vacation rentals in the last nine years, we've only had one bad experience. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I've had way more like bad experiences in a hotel Mm -hmm. in the last nine years and 
countless that were just meh. Right. So make of that what you will. So the worst vacation rental story was about four years ago before the social network type rental agencies were really big. All right. All right. Just say Airbnb already. Okay. Okay. They're not paying us, but sure, we'll say it anyway. (laughs) This was before Airbnb was as popular as it is today. Back then, there were a handful of other websites where you could rent a home for under 30 days. Right. And Airbnb has it dialed in when it comes to accountability for both guests and hosts to make sure what we experienced doesn't happen to anyone. Yeah, they really do. But even with all of their accountability and blind review process, what we learned during our worst vacation rental experience has really, really influenced the way we research and select our accommodation today. And even with a lot of the preventative measures in place, right, like the blind review process, stuff still slips through the cracks. And you might even find yourself staying at a place that hasn't been reviewed yet. So this is still really relevant. Right. And we've learned all the things the hard way. That way, you don't have to. Yeah. So listen on and learn the easy way. (laughs) So our story begins in northern France. So dramatic. Or did it begin in Dover? Okay. If we're really going back to the beginning of the story, it began in Phoenix, Arizona, in a McMansion, in a freakishly (laughs) large and inefficient master bedroom, on an old clunky laptop. Yeah, that's not as catchy as northern France, though. Nope, (laughs) nope. But it did all start there. We were planning a trip to Europe back when Charlie and Oliver were adorable little squirts. A good friend of ours had just moved to Poland, and we had asked if she would be willing to meet us in Paris. Right, because we didn't want to go to Poland in February. No, yeah. Thankfully, she agreed, so we didn't have to go to Poland in February. (laughs) My mom also (laughs) joined us because she likes to travel, and she also had friends to visit in Germany. Right. So for us personally, we wanted to finally cross some stuff our, off our long-running list of things to see in France. This long would be Long-running list. It had been a long list. This would be our third trip to the country, so we hadn't done everything yet. And we thought it'd be absolutely ridiculous that we had not seen Mount St. Michel or any World War II history up in Normandy. Yeah, it was absolutely absurd how many times we had been to France, but we had really never seen anything beyond Paris and Versailles. Right. So we put it into that, but... Um, that whole Normandy, World War II, and Mont Saint Michel, those are going to be separate episodes because, especially for the Normandy part, you really have a remarkable itinerary for that portion of yeah. the trip. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that one, which I think will be our next episode. Yay. Yes, it will. So, staying on track here, we knew we had a lot of people coming and going, and we had uh, many sites to see. And we, um, Kind of the most of those sites were spread out over Paris, Mont Saint Michel, the D Day beaches. And so we wanted a place that would be both centrally located as well as large enough to accommodate a party of six. Right. Six people that included a preschooler and a toddler. So we needed a, you know, quiet bedrooms with blacked out windows. A dungeon. That wasn't beneath us at that point. A creaky old castle probably would have suited our needs perfectly. But not as damp. No, not as damn. Well. You wouldn't have needed a humidifier. So right. Win win. <laughs> but there are a few chateaus on the list, which is kind of close. This is true. And before anyone thinks that this was some kind of glamorous setup, these places were going for about a hundred dollars a night because nobody wanted to be in rural France in the middle of February. We did. Yeah, well it was better than Poland. Right. Something in the water. <laughs> <laughs> So with this whole short-term vacation rental option being pretty new back then, it was the Wild West when it came to how hosts and guests interacted. You won some, you lost some. You came home emotionally fragile some. (laughs) 
After a good bit of searching online for some houses that would fit our needs, I found what seemed to be a good fit in a little village outside of Rowan. Right. So Rowan, that's the that's where Joan of Arc uh, something <laughs> she's she's something there. She was from or died. I don't know um, either. I, I don't think it was glamorous as being from Rowan. I think she probably died. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to look it up. It was something. Someone probably can look, look it, up. it up. Yeah, we probably yeah. should have. Okay, whatever. So at this point in time, we were about four vacation rental experiences in, and we had an idea of what to watch out for with scammers and that sort of thing. Yeah. What we didn't have an idea about was how to deal with the completely crazy people who, for whatever unknown reason, are in the hospitality industry. Right. The international hospitality industry. Shocker. It wasn't like this lady had some monopoly on one hotel within 50 miles, and all the local bumpkins would use her and only her for their family reunions because she had a water slide. There was nowhere else to go. <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves here. All right. So back to the Stucco McMansion. You had found this place that checked off all the boxes in terms of a place that would suit our needs on VRBO. I did. And I had fully vetted this place. I looked up the address on Google Maps to make sure it was real. Emailed back and forth with the owner to nail down specifics and price. Yeah, it was going well. Yeah, it was. So the place was large enough for everyone to have their own room, according to the listing. According to the listing. We'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. It was super affordable and had easy access to Paris and northern France. Yes. And it was all within a day's drive, so we wouldn't be packing and unpacking our family and driving all over the place every other day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we could take day trips and come back. Right. At the end of the day, the kids were sleeping in the bed that they had been sleeping in for the last two weeks. Right. So back then when we looked up at um, vacation rentals, we had our non-negotiables for amenities for amenities such as, you know, a washer and hopefully a dryer. But we won't get our hopes up because it's Europe. If your clothes aren't crispy and stuck at a 90 degree angle from drying them on the radiator, <laughs> did you even go to Europe? Right. That's your initiation. I mean, that would make a good T-shirt, too. It actually would. That would make a great T-shirt. Uh, and, and for the record, those non-negotiables are still our non-negotiables today. Right. They kind of didn't change. It hasn't changed. And we also insist on Wi-Fi and that the host speaks some amount of English. You know, those were our hard limits when it came to choosing a place. And luckily, most of those requirements can be selected just through a simple filter on the search engine of the listing website. Yeah. After some researching and emails, I ultimately decided that this was the way to go. It had a washer and a dryer. Shocker for Europe. Yeah, bonus. Wi-Fi, six bedrooms, a pool, and the Seine ran through the backyard. And a stately living room and a thatched cottage roof. I mean, this place was epic. Very picturesque. I mean, based on the photos, it was going to be perfect. Yeah, and everything was confirmed. And we were confident this was going to be a great experience. Yeah. So at this point, we were, like Scott said, about five vacation rentals in. And we figured we knew what to expect. We kind of knew how these things went Mm -hmm. and how it was done. So we weren't nervous. Right. So... Things start going downhill, and we'll start at the beginning, where our trip started in London, and we started. Uh, we spent a week, sorry, and and drove to Dover to pick up a ferry to take us to our place in France. Right, and of course, Oliver yacked on the way from London to Dover, and it was that nasty, milky, two-year-old kind of barf where you have to pull over and clean it up. You can't just like right. wipe it off with a wipe. You know, I mean, you have to like. Mm, Yeah, no, we got to pull over. We got to clean stuff off. We got to throw some stuff away. 
So we obviously missed our ferry crossing. Yeah. Which wasn't that big a deal because there was another crossing about an hour or so later. Yeah. So once we get to the port, I hopped onto the free Wi-Fi and I email our host saying, hey, we missed the boat. My son got sick and we'll be a few hours late. Right. And that's all reasonable. Right. And at that point, the host had just said, call this phone number when you arrive at the house and the caretakers will let you in. Yeah. I mean, seems simple enough. And I figured it wasn't a big deal, especially how this lady is in the hospitality industry and travel delays are all but inevitable. Yeah, it's a normal thing to assume. Yeah. So we crossed the English Channel with little incident, immigrate in Calais and pick up our next rental. And I found a free Wi-Fi station. Right. And this is before, you know, Google Fi and reasonably reasonably priced international data plans. So we would hopscotch from one (laughs) Wi-Fi place to the next Mm -hmm. and only use our precious expensive data on our cell phones for emergencies. Yes. And that's just how it was back then. So I'm at this one little place that had like a, a flag outside of immigration. And it said that it would give you five minutes of free Wi-Fi. So I you know, do all the jump through all the hoops to get in. I check my email to see if the host had gotten my message, you know, because I felt like this was important information and mm-hmm. to just see if there were any further instructions. Still nothing. So I sent her another email letting her know that we were in France and I kept it super, super upbeat and friendly and and I, I didn't know what else to do. I just was like, I'll just try to keep this positive. And then after I sent it, I just sat there frantically refreshing my email to see if the message had been received and to see if the host had anything to say. Like, oh, don't worry about it. The host, you know, it's it's fine, you know. Right. And so then. Crickets. Just crickets. crickets. Nothing. She never responded. No. Which is alarming for a host not to be on top of things like that. Mm-hmm. It was very alarming. So. We got in the car and we drove for several hours. And by the time our GPS led us to the coordinates, it was pitch black and there was no streetlights and we are legit in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And we're not sure where the house is or if it even exists, because as far as we know, we are surrounded by a bunch of ivy in the French countryside. Which is not as romantic as it sounds. Not at all. After I get out of the car and I walk down a few driveways with my cell phone light, I find the house and okay, I found the house as instructed. I start to call the caretakers to let us in. But just before I do that, I quickly turn on my emergency data to see if there was any news from the host, like maybe the caretakers had left a key under the doormat or something. And what I see is an email from the host basically saying, where are you? The caretakers have left. I don't know what to do. She said that. And Hmm. then... Maybe we can let you in tomorrow. Right. Implying that we would stay the night in our car because there was literally nothing around for miles. So it's eight o'clock at night, pitch black, no lights anywhere except the car's headlights. We've got my mother-in-law, a friend, and two tired, hungry, and puke-smelling kids in the (laughs) back seat. We're not sleeping in the car. Yeah. no, Not an option. At this point, I wanted to just crawl into a hole. I was so embarrassed. I don't know why, but I just felt like garbage. Yeah, why? You had told the host what was going on. It was her fault for not having a contingency plan for every normal travel occurrence. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just I I felt like trash. So anyway, I decided, well, we're definitely not going to be sleeping in the car. So I thought, well, I'll just call the caretakers and see what can be done. And I get yelled at. 
by the lady on the other end. And she basically says, we were waiting for you for hours and that there's a key in the flower pot by the front door. And then she hangs up on me. Right. And at this point, we don't really care. No. At this point, I'm like, it's it's not a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> we We're, need a place no. mm-hmm. to sleep and whatnot. Yeah. So we just need to get inside, wash our clothes, have some Wi-Fi so we can find food. Yeah, we didn't have food. Yeah, we were out of food. We needed to research grocery stores, places to eat, and then eventually sites to see. And we need to figure out what kind of miscommunication had gone down that night, you know, because but clearly this was a miscommunication. Nobody would actually treat paying customers in the hospitality industry this way. <laughs> you'd think. If you only knew. Except when we get inside, there is no Wi-Fi, not even a hint of it. There are no check-in instructions with a password or anything. There is also zero evidence of a washing machine, much less a dryer. So the entire house also, also (laughs) smelled like a swamp, smoked three packs a day and drank musty coffee. And then farted. (laughs) I can still smell it. I can too. Actually, sometimes like if... The air is like, I don't know, flowing a certain way in the house and like there's been coffee recently brewed. Like I can kind of still smell it. Like it's like mm-hmm. this old coffee smell. Oh, it's disgusting. It's like PTSD. Kind of is. Anyway, and it was dirty, but not like crumbs and skid marks dirty. It was like haunted house dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, the floors were marble. But they were cracked in several places. <laughs> And there were cobwebs hanging everywhere. Oh, and the cupboards were dusty and the walls were dirty with this mix of soot, spider webs, and dust. I'd, I've never experienced anything like this. The windows were cracked and there was this huge statue of a baby holding a giant clamshell. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very common in France. Do you know that? Apparently. It was holding Vogue <laughs> magazines. So. All that was missing was some sort of Disney Haunted Mansion voiceover. It really was. Um, Anyway, so it was obviously not as advertised, but at least we had a bed to sleep in. Except we didn't because (laughs) the six bedrooms, quote unquote, were really just three actual bedrooms and the rest were couches and common areas and that one little cubby with twin bunk beds built into it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, that cubby was where the Wi-Fi was. So I spent a lot of time in there. In the cubby? In <laughs> like Igor's room? <laughs> yep. So this was supposed to be Charlie's room. Like when I was searching everything, you know, and you're looking at the different bedrooms and you're like, oh, that would be a good room for the kids. I don't know if anyone else does that, but I kind of try to like premeditate whose room would be best where. And instead of being an actual room, it was this little alcove in the downstairs. So this house was like two or three levels. And so this was on the like lower level. Mm-hmm. All like we would theoretically be sleeping upstairs. So it was down there. It was this little alcove that had twin beds built into it. And then it had just like a thin curtain for a door, which let's be real. It isn't going to fly under the best of circumstances. Nope. But the real like... Ew, my kid is sleeping in my room moment was when you saw that the little sleeping area had this little half staircase leading to a door that had three deadbolts on it. Right, because the first two weren't enough. <laughs> to keep. So so in this what house. What were they keeping out? We, we, we had an interesting experience with doors in this place. We had either very little evidence of a door or a curtain or we had a door that had three deadbolts on it we had 
kind of opposite mm-hmm. extremes here. So a little tip. Look for doors in the listings and make sure there is one. Or ask. Just say, how many doors <laughs> do you have? Or if you see a door that's overly deadbolted, you know, hey, what are you keeping in there? Do I need to be concerned? Yeah, like kind of ghoul. Are you keeping up it, like <laughs> locked up there? Like, okay, well, I'm whatever the case, like I'm definitely not letting my four-year-old sleep near that thing. Right. So the kids were going to be sleeping in our room. So much for a romantic time in France. Womp womp. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to ask my mom and Rachel to bunk up just so our kids could have their own room. So this is what this oh, we is weren't. what happened. <laughs> yeah. So the next day, after we settled finally into the situation, the next day we are all really no better off than we were the night before. There still was no Wi-Fi. There wasn't a Wi-Fi ferry that came and fixed it overnight. <laughs> there wasn't even any evidence of laundry, even in daylight. So we call the owner to see what's up. I mean, we're still assuming the best here that something minor got lost in transition and we could easily sort it out. I know. We were so sweet and naive back then and it did not go well. So she scolded us for not being there on time, like as if I didn't email her twice already. And then she also told us that there was no laundry and that we would just need to go to the laundromat 20 minutes down the road. By the way, not offering to comp us for that expense. She told us straight up that the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Like basically just like abandon all hope ye who enter. Like the Wi-Fi doesn't work. The laundry is non-existent. Get over it. By the way, you should also get a French burner phone so I can contact you. Yeah, we had a trouble calling her or she had trouble calling us for sure. Also, not offering to comp us. And she just kept making it all our problem and our fault. Even though this was, I mean, these were all things that were advertised as amenities that came with the property. And she's in the hospitality industry. Like, oh my word, how is this woman still in business? Right. And she even told the caretakers, uh, told us that the caretakers would be charging us an extra 15 euros because they had to make a second trip that they would have to make. Apparently, It was not looking good. No. And apparently, like, you would think caretakers, so my parents have an Airbnb and- they have caretakers that are nearby who greets people and let them in, like within walking distance. Apparently, these people were like kilometers upon kilometers away. Like they weren't neighbors. Right. They, they need a pack of lunch. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just like, OK, well, this is very unprofessional of all of you, by the way. There was, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, I think this was uh, uh, cost cutting measures that just went a little too far, a little too deep. Mm-hmm. But we were ready to cut bait and leave. Basically, we were. This place was not as advertised. The owner did not belong in the hospitality industry, and we had never, ever felt this unwelcome. It was horrible. It was a very, very unsettling feeling. So I just started to take a lot of photos of the cracked windows, the floors, the dirty walls and carpet. I took a screenshot of the listing that said Wi Fi washer and dryer were included. I wanted to get that documented in case the owner were to change it before I could report it. Right. And that was a smart move. So Mm -hmm. we took video showing no evidence of the Wi-Fi and laundry. And from there, we drove to the local local McDonald's to look for another place to stay. Yeah. Mind you, this is all precious vacation time we had there. We were supposed to be in Paris and seeing the sights. And instead, we were sitting in a McDonald's outside of Rowan with jackets that still smelled like puke. And looking for another place to rent that would A, take us on such short notice and B, accommodate six people. Yep. We were not off to a good start. No, no. We but we weren't. also knew we couldn't stay in one place or in that one place. Right. So 
two weeks of no in-house laundry and no Wi-Fi in a remote part of the country with two small kids. No, thanks. Ew, no, no, not even a little bit reasonable. Yeah. And so at this point, I was feeling really insecure and unwelcome. And I know that one person does not speak for an entire country, but we had just been yelled at by two French ladies for perfectly normal stuff. France was not feeling like an awesome place to be. So since McDonald's had free Wi-Fi and happy we were, meals and happy meals, we were, <laughs> able, we were able to search Airbnb for an alternative. Right. And so at this point, we kind of wrote off VRBO. We were done. Yeah. No, no more. Never again. And so I searched for rentals kind of in and around where we were. And to the never ending credit of those French people on the other side of the messages, um, we received just an overwhelmingly supportive response of, oh, yes, we'll take you. Right. So you, you would message them with the plight, with our plight saying, hey, we are having problems with our current vacation rental. You OK with four adults and two babies ASAP? <laughs> I huh? did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and they were much more responsive, right? They were so, much. They were so nice. They were so nice saying, absolutely, we can take you. You know, it was it was very heartwarming, which I kind of needed at that point. So we come back from McDonald's, you know, and at this point we had a, pl- a little bit of a plan but we were planning on filing a formal complaint with VRBO and demand a refund um, and, and and give a reason saying, hey, the place was falsely advertised, hence the screenshots, the photos and the video. And we were mm-hmm. just going to cut our losses and stay at a new place because there was no way we could have stayed there. Yeah, I mean, and our host was none too pleased that we were leaving. <laughs> Do you remember how she said, you want to leave? I don't understand. I was like, dude, lady, you just <laughs> yelled at us. Rented us a dirty house and basically just told us to get over it when she cut two major amenities from the place. Yeah, we're going to leave. Yeah, we're, we're leaving. You can take it up with VRBO. Yeah. And I also wanted to say that after things had settled down, one of those rentals that I had reached out to on Airbnb messaged me just to check in and make sure everything was okay. Isn't that nice? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a really sweet man up in Normandy who just checked in to make sure everything was okay, which made me happier to be in France. Right. Not everyone is going to yell at you for simply being a guest. Giving you their money. How dare we? Anyway, so the caretakers are scheduled to come back the next day for their 15 euros and pound of flesh. And we (laughs) we planned to just tell them that we were leaving and wash our hands of the situation. Right. It was a pretty tense meeting at first. You know. Oh, yeah. I was so uncomfortable. You know, we kind of stare at each other going, what are we saying here? Mm -hmm. Lots of like awkward shifting from side to side. There's a little bit of a language barrier, but we got through it. But once we started talking with them, you know, the caretakers, we all started to get a better idea of what exactly was going on. Yeah. So things were not as they seemed. The owner apparently had just some kind of, from what I could gather, like an early onset of dementia and was giving incorrect information to both parties. So... Once the caretakers actually heard that we had missed our boat because our kid had puked, and I honestly don't know what the owner had actually told them had happened, but once they saw that we were just like a nice, normal family of like normal people who were just genuinely confused by the way we were being treated, you could literally see the ice melt. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And we weren't totally sure on the arrangements, but I guess the owner hadn't been paying them either. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. There was, was something funky going on. It, it was funky. It was definitely weird. And I genuinely felt bad for the caretakers. They seemed like nice people who were in a what I can only imagine was a tricky situation. 
whatever it was. <laughs> so nice way to put it. Yeah. I, I didn't know what else to say. I mean, it was kind of awkward. She's like, she doesn't pay us. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe we, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Let's talk about professional boundaries maybe. But anyway, we did tell them, Hey, we're probably going to leave because we need Wi-Fi and laundry and the lady caretaker, it was a husband and wife. Um, she somehow, upon hearing that, hustled some nearby gardeners to come and fix the washing machine, which was in the basement. Which is the, why she said you got to go to a local laundromat, because sure, there was a washer. And a dryer. And a dryer, but they weren't working. They were broken, but she never <laughs> took that off her listing to say that was incorrect. And then the other gardener, who turned out to be a former member of the French Foreign Legion... He and I fixed the Wi-Fi together. I remember the Foreign Legion guy. He was, from what I heard, making some bold claims about his skills as a soldier. Sure, yes. Quote, unquote, bold claims. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it was just odd that all of these insurmountable problems were remedied within a few hours, which still to this day mystifies me. Right. Do you think that, do you think just, had you just had to play hardball with them to get it fixed? Yeah. Like other guests weren't threatening to leave and report them? Probably. I mean, who knows? But whatever. We decided to stay. Yeah. At this point, we didn't feel like we could really have a case with VRBO since now everything had gotten fixed. Yeah. Plus, it would have been a hassle to pack up and leave. We had six people with us, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it was a it was a tricky situation, but I think I think we made the right call. I mean, we had already wasted. I think so too. Yeah, we had already wasted three days trying to work this out, and I didn't want to throw away any more time just trying to find a place to stay mm -hmm. since we had already gotten all this other stuff fixed. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the two weeks went on without incident. Yes, we went home and never heard from those people again. Yep, but that experience has really influenced how we vet and engage with short-term vacation rentals today. Oh, yes. I mean, for one, we don't use anything besides Airbnb. Right. The blind review process and super host ratings really hold everyone accountable for their behavior. It really does. I also verify with the host that there is functioning Wi-Fi and washer and dryers in unit. It, and it's come in handy because sometimes it is broken or unavailable and the host forgot to remove that feature from the listing. Yeah. And it's also a great opportunity to get to know the host, see how friendly and responsive they are as we communicate. You know, little things like, does that person have any business being a host in the first place? Because <laughs> apparently that's how low the bar is. It's just a little thing. <laughs> <laughs> just a little thing. So we've learned to pay more attention to reviews now as well. Oh, yes. What should have been a red flag, but back then I didn't really pay attention to this thing, was the reviews of that French country house. Because I thought, mistakenly, but I thought that reviews were mostly for disgruntled, hypercritical people to get out their gripes, like on Yelp. And not necessarily a reflection of the actual experience. Right, but it's a different world in the short-term vacation rental websites. Yes, very different world. The reviews are not a place for trolls and sycophants, usually. <laughs> it's Usually. a place it's a place where people give their honest reviews good or bad so you need to pay attention to them pay attention to them and once we got home I actually I so I went back to the listing and I put some of the reviews that were on the owner's um, ad through Google Translate and I found that many of the people had a similar experience as us oh wow really 
Yeah. And what's worse is maybe it's not worse. I don't know. It makes me feel validated at least was that the owner was responding to them the same way. Mm-hmm. She would basically just gaslight the guests, telling them that, no, Wi-Fi isn't that bad. You can just go over to the local cafe for access. Like she was right. doing this. And I'll use a payphone to call you. I guess so. <laughs> Get a burner phone. <laughs> but I guess it's nice to know that it's just us, though. It, it makes me day. feel a little, like I'm not going to lie. It made me feel a little better. Right. And even better, too. Her listings have since been taken down. Thank goodness. Right. And you did try to report the owner to VRBO. I did. I told them that I felt very uncomfortable and was badly treated by the owner and she had no business representing their brand. And I'll be honest, they kind of blew me off, but Mm. maybe maybe it has something to do with her listings being removed. I don't know. Yep. And we can deal with a little shabby. We can't deal with mean. No, we can't. I mean, looking back, aside from the like swamp coffee stank, that house could so easily have been charming. Had mm-hmm. we just been greeted with some croissants and cheese and a smile, mm-hmm. it, I would have easily forgiven. A little the, card that says welcome. Yeah, I would have easily forgiven that. But, you know, being treated so poorly and, you know, and then all the nasty on top of that, it just seemed like we were in a stinky haunted house. Yeah. And from that experience, we have learned to interview the owners of these places as much as the homes themselves. So we check reviews. And obviously, you can easily pick out the honest reviews these days. Yeah, it's a lot easier to do that. And if something is not as advertised, if you check into a place and you see like, oh, my goodness, this isn't even a little bit true. um, We typically privately address it with the owner um, and take photos. And we know that we can always file a complaint with Airbnb if it comes to that. And I will also say that when I am looking, I always just kind of check and make sure that there's another place we can go. So just in case if that thing were to fall through contingency we we won't be sleeping in our car (laughs) right but luckily knock on wood it has never come to that no no it hasn't not since we switched to airbnb yep and i don't think we'll be changing that anytime soon no i don't see it changing anytime soon all right everyone well that's gonna do it for us yep we hope you we hope you learned a little something so please click download like and subscribe or as we like to say do all the things that tells the internet you like our stuff Pop on over to our website. We have just launched our merchandise shop with a clothing line that we like to call black, white, and French all over. Because we still like France. We do. Aside <laughs> from that experience, it was we still like France. And you can also find our kit.com links there with curated bundles of our favorite family travel accessories. And proceeds from all this helps to pay for the overhead here at Cl- uh, Cluster Fuss Travel. And you can find all of that at clusterfusstravel.com. And if you're in the mood for a little entertainment, follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Review and subscribe to the podcast on all the major outlets of Apple Podcasts, the artist formerly known as iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Why did they change it? <laughs> I don't know why. It, it, it's all Apple this, Apple that now. It's Apple Watch. It's, yeah. Okay. All right. So thanks so much for listening. Tune in next time when we continue talking about our trip to northern France. Because where we were staying was bad. Where we visited was epic. And we visited Normandy for some World War II history. We'll fill you in on all the details of this very important trip that we took. And even though the disgruntled Yelp reviewers want to give that one Chinese food place five stars whenever they hear us say it, this is the Cluster Cast, a filterless podcast on family travel. Bye. Go on.